What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross. And if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome that we're after in each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as I cross paths with to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our feature guest for today's episode is revenue strategist, business performance optimizer, podcaster, entrepreneur, Melody Benson. This powerhouse specializes in aligning visionary, game-changing entrepreneurs emerging as leaders with the most powerful mindset, actions, and strategies that propelled them to a level of success they never knew they could achieve. Not only is she the host of Amplify Your Success podcast, but she also serves on the Women's Speakers Association executive team. I can go on and on and on with all the accolades that she's achieved throughout her career, but take my word for it, you might want to pay attention to today's episode. Some of the things that we unpack is how to stand out as the authority in a credit market, how to transform your competitors into a 24-7 sales force, the secret to inspiring podcast listeners to become your new client, the importance of building a golden thread, picking the right audiences, developing KLT factor in 20 minutes, and her simple three-word trick that amplifies your authority without being hypey. And if that isn't enough value in today's jam-packed episode, be sure and check out her free gift inside the description box. Before I kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, stand by for a quick message, and I'll see you on the other side. This podcast is part of the Winchecked Studios Network, where podcasters come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how to apply to join the network, Go to www.winject.com. That's W-I-N-J-E-C-T.com. If you're ready to make a difference through podcasting, then we're ready to see you there. What is up, everybody? As you can tell, I have the coach with the mostest, Miss Melanie Benson, the Profit Amplifier. I'm really excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, my God. I got chills after that intro, too. I'm like, boom. <laughs> it creates some momentum and energy. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I have a, a lot of guests that have been on. That's obviously season three, the clips and whatnot. Obviously, we're in season four right now. So we'll make sure that we're going to put a little B-roll of you for season five coming out here soon. I think I'm on, like on episode, I think, 20-something for this season. And I'm really excited that, you know, th- as this show kind of takes off and changes I guess some of the format, some of the messaging and obviously bringing a different type of um, substance to the, the listeners because of what they're really wanting. And I do a lot of feedback stuff and I, I love your show mm-hmm. and I've really emerged myself in a lot of your content. And that's one of the major reasons I was excited about this show and this episode particularly because there's a lot of people in the marketplace today. They say, oh, this is a saturated market. There's too much competition. Well, not really if you're doing it the right way and building that type of authority and doing it through substance and value, which you do effortlessly. And I'm really excited. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, so, I'll give you a high five, but you know. Yeah, virtual high fives. <laughs> virtual <laughs> high fives. <laughs> well, soon we'll, we'll start shooting this stuff in person, flying out and then all the different things we have going on and got some big plans for the win-win effect. But some of the guests that have been on, they, they get a, kind of addicted to the music. Like the, they'll be singing it. Even Adam, the person that inter- um, introduced us, 
I um, love, love Adam. Adam, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> Adam. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, also, there's a couple other people that we do know. I was on a hustle and flow chart podcast with Joe and Matt. Love Seen you been guys. On, yes, they're one of my some of my favorite people. When I w- went to come out with the show, I really didn't know what I really wanted to talk about other than prepping the trade schools on how to sell the programs that I sold them. And I was like, okay, what do I really do? And I reached out to Joe. I was like, Joe, I'm finally going to do it, man. I'm going to come out with my own show. He's like, finally, finally. (laughs) So he's actually the one that pointed me in the right direction on how to do what to do when it comes to podcasting. So a lot of mutual respect there between us. Um, I guess we kind of kick this off. And I know that we I do intros and all that stuff afterwards and the promos and, and really shining a light on your uh, all your achievements. And there's a long list of your bio. And I'm not even going to try to attempt to read that, sucker. <laughs> right? But to kind of get the listeners a little bit more about what you do for a living and how you're able to really stand out in the marketplace, can you shine a light on maybe some of the, the spotlights and some areas you would love to talk about today? Well, I always I always get a little giggle when people are like, wow, I'm not reading that whole bio. Of course not. <laughs> we bore everybody. Uh, but, you know, when you've been doing this for 21 years this year, mm-hmm. uh, you do kind of have a, lot, have a little bit of a list. You know, so what we do is we take people who are either emerging as an authority or they are already an expert. They've got great talent, but they're feeling like they're doing all the right things, but they're still invisible. And we help them repackage their authority so that it's authentically uh, connecting to them so they can really authentically uh, give that sh- that light out there in the world. And I think a lot of people, they get into their head and they you were mentioning earlier, like there's so much competition for my topic. Why would I go out and start a podcast or guest on that topic? And my my belief is, is that when we really know how to amplify our awesomeness, what's really unique to us, I often call it your superpower, then we are able to create our own little niche, have our most authentic, unique conversation that's really magnetic to more opportunity and ideal clients. And so that's what we do. We take people all the way through the mindset shift, the structure of having the right irresistible offer, and into how do you make that visible out there in the world, especially if you've got a lot of competition in your market. And they they say it's a lot of competition. I mentioned, and that's something we both share. Is you really stand out through a lot of your value, but you have to get really pinpoint on the people that you're trying yeah. to reach. Everyone's trying to sell to everyone. You can't sell to everyone. You need to sell to your ideal client. Like, what does that look like? And then work yourself. Go get to the outcome in result, and then work backwards and start reverse engineering some of the ways for you to really deliver your message the right way. That's one thing I do like about your show. You. I don't know if it's very methodically and very systematic. You structure your show to touch on different audiences. It sounds like to me. And that's just for me outside looking in and me breaking down programs I've done over my, my career and what led me here. But you do it very systematically and shining a light on certain segments of your show. And you have, of course, everyone has their zone of genius on what the things they want to talk about. But you do a really good job even when you're interviewing guests shining a light on them and kind of shutting up as a host. That's one of the things where people have a hard time doing. They think that, okay, great. I need to ask questions. No, you need to frame the question to get the information from your, from your guest. And that's something you do really well. Thank you. This actually, I don't want to say it's a pet peeve, but I think it's a real growth opportunity for people who are out there guesting on podcasts as well as the host is, you know, podcasting is a media It is a opportunity to showcase our expertise, whether you're hosting the show or you're guesting on on shows. But what happens a lot is people, 
they don't, when they're pitching themselves to be a guest, they oftentimes don't really have a, a system in place to magnetize their topic. And so they throw out some general stuff. A lot of hosts will say, hey, give me a couple of ideas of some subject areas or some questions you might want me to ask. And what happens is they're just bad questions. <laughs> you know, <I> don't <laughs> There's really no strategic value that the audience is going to get. And I'm in eight, the eighth year of hosting a podcast. I've done over a thousand interviews. I've booked hundreds of people to get on stages, my stages, other people's stages. And what I found is oftentimes people just don't know how to package what they do. So there's this, what I call golden bridge. And mm -hmm. so when I'm asking questions, I'm looking at the questions my guest has submitted and I'm like, okay, how does that help me illuminate how my listener can amplify success in whatever that expertise area is. So I'm often building their golden bridge for them so that I know that there's real great juice that and, and excitement and inspiration and some actionable steps that will come out for the listener. I don't always get it a hundred percent because some people are really pull it out of you. Come on. <laughs> I, be, I feel like sometimes I have to go deep inside of someone and, and really yeah. pull it out. They got, yeah. sometimes they're not really clear on their messaging and, and they sometimes not understand fully what I'm trying to ask them. And I'm really shining a lie. I'm trying to tee them up. So if I tee them up properly by anchoring and framing, when I'm dropping an anchor, I'm dropping on a certain emotion to get that emotion from, you have to use a lot of emotional intelligence that way to kind of understand some of their cadence, like, cause yeah. everyone speaks differently. It's like yeah. a, a perfect example. Do you know Justin Breen? I had him on the show I recently. Know you know, yeah. I have to, I'll have to, this guy's okay. phenomenal. Okay. He's, yeah. um, he's been in the journalist um, type of field and interviewed probably, I don't know, at least over a hundred, about maybe a hundred something type of people in different areas of entrepreneurship. And I think over a thousand entrepreneurs specifically talking about one topic of his and what he does. He's phenomenal. He came on this show and he's an introvert. Okay. And like people like us, we are expressive and we like to have a conversation and get really get deep. Well, he gives off these smoke screens. Doesn't really give you the long answers. It's like short answers. Like I'm one of the best in the game of doing what I do. Just started off right off the jump street just with that. Well, I had to flex a little bit and show what I really do for a living and using my emotional intelligence to get the information out of him and make him and create the environment for him to feel safe to share. That's something you do really well. And I noticed on two of your episodes that I was listening to, how important is that as a podcaster on making your guests feel comfortable for them to be a little bit more open to share? You know, it's funny. I never really thought about it that way, but that may just be the type of, I, I vet out very carefully the people that are coming on my show. And so I don't get a lot of people I don't already have rapport and connection with, but there has been a few. And what I've noticed is in the green room before we go on, I actually turn my video on because I record on Zoom and I, I have a conversation with them. And some of them are like, we're doing video. I'm like, no, like, I just want to make sure we're connecting. Right. And what I found is having a couple minutes to connect, especially for someone who I don't have a real strong relationship with. And I asked them, like, is there anything that I can do to make this an amazing interview for you? So I'm cre I guess what I do is I kind of create that that um, intention and that clarity before we go live. And I clarify a couple things and I make sure they know who we're talking to. 
And I say, look, here's some questions I'm going to ask you that you didn't submit. Mm -hmm. And so that way they're prepared. So I guess that's my approach. Mm -hmm. But because I'm naturally inquisitive mm -hmm. and the way I frame my questions and I do a really, I'm very intentional about showcasing their expertise. I know a lot of hosts, they talk more than their guests do. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're they're and that's okay because that's their the format of their show. But I think that's what creates some intimidation because people are like, hmm, how am I supposed <laughs> to fit in here? You know, like I don't know where I'm being mm -hmm. showcased. And mm -hmm. so you kind of have to know what you're getting into. And this is a great reason to get super familiar with the show flow of your host before mm -hmm. you pitch. And make sure that the environment and the culture they're creating in their podcast is what you want to participate in. 100%. I love that you just said that. And that's why I merged myself and a lot of people's, even if I do have rapport, I still want to listen to some of their information and some of their content. Mm -hmm. So I want to, you know, one, figure out their cadence and some also some things they like to bring up when they get kind of pigeonholed themselves. Because I've, I've hear a lot of sometimes hosts, it's not their really lack of questioning skills. They haven't put in the reps that you put in with eight years on, you know, being a host. That's there's a certain amount of reps you put in and being able to adapt to uncomfortable conversations when it kind of gets dull. And I'm okay with using my pauses on purpose yes. to get more information out of the guests the way that so they can make them feel a little bit more open to expand. Like, what do you mean by that? Because they're, I'm not asking the questions for me. I'm asking the questions for the, the listeners. Yeah. If they're not going to understand it, that's fine. Yeah, good. Don't you think that that's a little bit the confidence of the host? Because I know some, yeah. so um, I know a lot of people who start a podcast, they don't have any idea what they're doing. And I kudos that you're jumping in, you're taking bold action. I really want to give you a big shout out and acknowledge you. And it's worth um, hiring a coach or getting somebody to help you really craft your unique presence as a host and to learn like how to pull the best out of your guest. Because otherwise what's happening is, oh, let me read my question. Hi, <laughs> how are you? Like, you know, and it's so, it's so stagnant. It doesn't have life and energy. And I think that's a lot of people are like, Melanie, how can I make my podcast more profitable? Melanie, how can I like leverage my podcast to get more traction as an authority. I'm like, we got to change how you're hosting your show right now. <laughs> Love this. What is the first, what is the first step for you when you're going to deliver that message over to someone that doesn't really have an idea of, or maybe even understanding what a format is supposed to sound like on a show? Are we talking about as a host or when? As a, as a host. Yeah. As a host. Show. Like, yeah. so like, yeah. yeah. So say like coach Melanie, I really need your help and I love your show and I would love to like sit out kind of some framework and maybe some areas of opportunity for me to, you know, amplify my message. Obviously that was my little plug for you. And <laughs> how can I really get, how can I get my message out there in a way that, that the listeners want to receive the message, not by just by the one I want to deliver it. That's a totally different mix, but yeah. expand on that if you can with like, what's your first step? Well, so here's, here's a little bit of uh, behind the scenes. Now mm -hmm. I'm really picky about who we have on the show and we actually vet them out and make sure they know how to deliver great content before they get accepted on the show. Mm -hmm. And if I find that somebody wants to be on the show, but they're not ready, one of the things we'll often recommend is that they go through what I call my get magnetic messaging program, because I am not going to coach and mentor people for free through this process. It's a lot to get it right. And I find there's three, there's three things we're looking for and or three things we guide people on if they're going to go through the process. And one is, do you have a topic 
that really positions your unique awesomeness. And this is part of uh, a, my second pillar, which is what we call the rocks method. Because what's happening, we mentioned, we've talked a few times about this crowded market and, you know, like the podcasting world is growing at the speed of light. Like we, we closed 2019 with 950,000 active podcasts. We closed 2020, I think, with something like a million and two active podcasts. It's just going to be growing. And what that means is there's a real need for content. But there's also a lot of noise. And so when you're in a lot of noise, you've got to have a topic when you pitch a podcaster that is really going to create some buzz and momentum for them and for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that means let me go through the rocks method because this is and write this down as you're listening in, especially if you're finding it's hard for you to get booked or maybe you're putting stuff out that's falling flat. Is it is your topic and your talking points relevant? outcome driven, credibility boosting, and has specificity. Here's mm -hmm. what I mean by that. Relevant means when I go and pitch my topic to that podcaster, I am understanding the culture and the conversations that they're putting forward to their audience. And I have a unique topic that complements what's been happening on the show lately. Mm -hmm. Not the same thing, 17 thousand other people just posted Love about that. right and so here i am i'm talking about guesting on podcasts i don't have a topic unless somebody specifically requests it how to get booked on podcasts 10 million people are talking about that it's super vanilla what mm -hmm. i teach is one of my common topics i get booked on is how to leverage your competition to or uh, say, no, how to tap into your competition and turn them into your number one 24 seven sales force. Yeah. I love that. That was one of the things that so I wanted to touch on. Yeah. I love that. And expand on, I know what it means, but what does that mean to someone tuning into this? I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like a oh, 24 okay. Like, okay. Like, yeah. so think about that thing. I know what it means as in a long-term play. That's more of a mm -hmm. long play because yeah. it do, it's done by, Repetition is done by touch points in, from my way of looking at it. But go ahead and expand on that if you can. So what that means and how this ties into the rocks method. So the rocks method is picking topics that are relevant to your audience. They're outcome driven, meaning it's not just like, hey, how to get booked on podcasts, which is a feature. It's how to turn those podcasts into your best mm -hmm. lead pool. And then uh, credibility, that's not what that one's not so much on credibility, but enhanced in that you you get that I know what I'm doing. And then specific is it's a specific thing that we're doing. Now, what that means is we're talking about all the podcasts out there. We're talking about how many people are, are actively creating content every week. So, Chris, if I had approached you and we didn't necessarily have a relationship with you yet, and I said, hey, I know we have similar audiences. Would you be up for doing a webinar? That email might completely fall flat. It might take you months to say yes to it. Mm -hmm. If I was having an event and somebody blind pitched me and said, hey, Melanie, like, I know we share the same audience. Uh, I have a, a topic on customer service that I think would be great for your audience. I might be like, I have no idea who you are. But if somebody has a great pitch for me on my podcast, even though I know they're my competitor, but they're doing something different, I'm 99% more likely to have them on my show 100%. than I would to book them on a webinar. So what we're... 
Well, one of the fast accelerator, that's a double entendre, right? <laughs> one of the accelerators of- Fast um, accelerators, yeah. Yes, fast acceleration, <laughs> not just acceleration. <laughs> uh, but one of the accelerators to building your own list and getting high quality prospects into your own funnel, into your own customer journey is to partner up with other people who serve your audience already. Yeah, collaborate. Not I mean, going like to happen. Fast if we just do it the normal channels, right? But if you get it on a podcast, 99% more likely to tap into that warm lead pool that they've been cultivating relationship with for years. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means. I love that you said that at the very, very end of this because people are not going to understand it. And another thing they can even go to a, maybe go a little extra with it and say, Hey, I really appreciate and just showing how grateful you are being on that show to be able to, you know, collaborate and I guess pick the brain of every single person listening, tuning in like, Hey guys, do me a favor and give them how to's or give them actual steps on the show. I don't hear a lot of people doing stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. listen guys, I know you're tuning into this, but being conscious of the fact that someone's tuning in, they think that, okay, someone's eavesdropping on a conversation, but I'm talking to you. But as we're having a conversation, like guys, and I've heard you do it just twice already. That shows that, you know, obviously the level of expertise and you putting in that, the extra effort you know, over the years, right? Of interviewing people because you're conscious of people are listening. Let me frame it for you to understand in a little deeper level. What Melanie is talking about is X, Y, Z. This is how you go about doing this. Does that make sense to you? If it doesn't make sense, send this feedback in and I'll make sure I'll get it over to Melanie. Hmm. That's how it's done. It's, yeah. it's not a, it's not, a, um, I guess you would say, a science fair project. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have to make it so complex. Just engage. A lot of people, they're, they're getting in front of a microphone, turning it on, and they think that people need to tune in to the show. I see a lot of this. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I don't know if this is exactly in line with what you're saying, but it's bringing up this, this awareness that is, is a podcast. Most of us are having a dialogue that's transmitted one direction. Yeah. So both. there's not a back and forth in the moment a conversation that's happening. And and I actually didn't think of this originally, but a couple of my friends I who host podcasts, I was like, oh, snap, that's a great idea to <laughs> take it to a whole nother level of engagement. And, and so finding a way as a host or as a guest to um, create some kind of a tell me how you're going to apply this. Or for us, one of the things we often do is like, hey, come join us in our Amplifier Authority Facebook group, because that's my free group. And tell us how you're going to put this into action. If you've got questions or, you know, go to the show page, right? Whatever your best route is. Some people are starting to use um, Clubhouse for that, or they might have like a special uh, email address, like shoot your questions here. Mm -hmm. But think beyond the, the transmission that's happening in the dialogue with the host and engage people in some way, shape or form into action. That's where the know, like, and trust factor kicks in on a deeper level. And I think that's what we have to have if we want to be able to create conversations on podcasts that not just have massive value, but then actually can turn into someone we can help them solve the problem that they're yes. struggling with, that we can move them into some kind of place of action. Because podcasting is a passive platform. You're mm -hmm. listening, you're multitasking, you're, you're, you may or may not do something unless I create an easy and exciting way for you to connect with me further. 
I love that you said that. And you, I guess the light bulb went off when you're just kind of conveying that message over to the listeners. And something that jumped out to me at big time was a lot of people, I hear a lot of shows and I consume a lot of content. I'm sure you do as well. I, I love content. Yeah. This is what I do for a living. I really look, love the art of framing and asking the right questions at the right time and really being present with that person. So I've been on other shows and I'm sure you have as well. They'll read off a piece of paper and they're not actually present in that moment. You know, like all those say, Melanie, yeah. what's your favorite three books? You know, like what the yeah. freak? So <laughs> well, when you think that light bulb went off when you were talking, they're talking about the problem. They're not trying to solve the problem. Yeah. So think about that for a second if you're a listener. If you're hearing other shows talking about the problem, we can have a conversation about all the problems in the world, but that isn't going to, I'm not going to have, make that rent in my head. I'm not, I don't care about problems. What are the actual steps for me to get around that problem? So here's how to go about doing that, but go ahead. Love it. Well, I was just um, thinking about a common question that comes up for me. I, I believe that let's talk about the guesting side for a minute. Mm -hmm. One of the, there's about 17 common mistakes people make, and these mistakes tend to disconnect the listener in some way, shape or form, or it, it, um, kind of erodes the connection we build in the, in the conversation once they sign up for whatever it is we're going to offer them. What I find a biggie, and this just trips up so many people is not understanding the balance of how much value to deliver. Mm. Before you're delivering too much value and you're giving too much away and you're giving too much information. And then the person's kind of overwhelmed as they're listening in. They're like, wow. Okay. And they, and in some way, shape or form, they feel like, oh, I know how to do this now. I'm just going to go figure it out on my own. Yeah. And from a um, kind of like a, from a sales perspective, if we just look at the the energy of a selling process. We want to give people the confidence that we can help them solve that problem that they're struggling with or get to an outcome they're craving and they're deeply desiring without making them feel like, oh, I got everything I need. I'm going to figure it out on my own because here's the <laughs> truth. They're going to get down the path. They're going to bump into problems. They're going to realize like, oh, crap, I don't know how to do this and that. Now they've forgotten who they learned this from. Yeah. They're not coming back to you. They're going to your competitor who's in front of them next. Mm. And that's how we lose the the um the juice of being out there as a guest expert magnetizing your message is over delivering because you're feeling a lack of confidence yes. and you want to make sure you're like giving enough but you're giving so much that you've now pulled the energy off of you as the expert and also when they get flustered when they're asked a question and they don't really know how to respond properly yeah. they get so flustered they they're all over the place and it's not really clear for the listener to understand what they really mean behind it. There's a fine line between surface level and too much information. Mm -hmm. I like to give enough information for them to understand and grasp the concept from there. I'll say, okay, if you want to learn more on this topic, that's why giving away free stuff. When I go on shows, Hey, here's a free link to get to my Facebook group. Here's a free link to watch, consume some of my content, come to my show list, tune into it. But I need to give them something actionable, not, hey, just go listen to my show. That's that's yeah. too broad. Yeah. Like, or go get my freebie yeah, or whatever. Yeah, come on, know? man. Like, here's two things that you can learn from me today on a little extra. And you I would like my trick. Yeah. Go ahead, please. I, love, I would love to hear this. Okay. So 
I recognize that this is tricky for a lot of people. I worked with a ton of really passion-driven entrepreneurs who they come to me and they go, Melody, like I keep over delivering and nobody's buying anything, right? So I designed this process that seems to be golden. And what it is, is it's called using bold influence formulas. So pop quiz, who, as you're listening in, can tell me where I already did this? Bold influence formula is to teach a concept with an acronym, a formula, or a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bonus points. I don't know if there's going to be like a, uh, a show notes below here or, you yeah, know, like reach out uh, in some way, yeah, we have feedback. I usually, I usually try to open up that communication when there are feedback co- questions and stuff. Sent okay. in. You'll get all that well, stuff. Yep. Just pay attention to what Chris tells you to do, but I want to know <laughs> if you caught where I did this already. Uh, now what this is going to do for you is a, it's showcasing your credibility Because a formula that you teach keeps you on point, keeps you from over-delivering, and demonstrates your immense knowledge and talent by teaching a formula. For the listener, here's the magic for them. You're memorable. People remember the formula and they go, oh, yeah, like Chris told me to do ABC and, and, and like I remembered that. 10 years later when I'm ready to hire him or <laughs> one year later or six right. months like, later. Right? There's this ball guy. I think his name is Chris Ross. He mentioned this ABC method yeah. and that really yeah. made sense. And I got here, but yeah, go ahead. Just yeah. I love but this. That's what happens. And I've had people mm-hmm. who come back to me years later and say, Oh, I remember when you talked about for, for a long time, I, I had a catchphrase of superhero syndrome, or I would talk about uh bright, shiny object syndrome 21 years ago when it was first emerging <laughs> or whatever the thing was. Right. And now I use the rocks method. You would not believe how many people email me and I would love, you know, DM me on social, whatever, and go, yeah, the rocks method, boom, that was a big aha for me. That's how you make yourself memorable, make yourself the go-to expert, but also deliver massive value without over-delivering. Love that. That was one of my first, I guess you would say, thought processes when I went to go start going on shows. I've been, you know, the host for a while and I always had stuff to give people. And I was like, okay, well, I go on different shows. Like it's like, I'm the guest. They'll say, Chris, what is your method when you go to approach your very first phone call, you're cold calling someone? I'm like, okay, that's simple. The idea method. So you introduction, discovery, emotion, and appointment or action step. It's very simple. So think about it. Very simple. Introduction, you only do that once. I'm not going to introduce myself twice to you. Now that I've introduced myself, you know who I am. Do next piece discovery. I'm going to show my value by the questions. And that's going to elevate myself. They'll go, wow, this person knows what the hell he's talking about. And that's something, you know, obviously they want to hear by the way that I'm asking questions. That's discovery. Then I'm going, as I'm discovering more information, I'm going to tie in emotion because emotion does what for people? Makes them do things, right? But you're not trying to, I guess you would say, you know, you talked about the shiny object syndrome. I'm not trying to persuade them to do something. I'm trying to see if they might be the right fit for the next action step. Yes. If they're not the right fit, it's like, it's like you're fishing. Yes. You reel in the fish that big enough, send them off. But I always point them in the right direction. And I love that you just hit that method because that sticks out. People will remember that. But if I said, I don't know, I approach a cold call differently because I do it this way, this way, this way. 
that's not going to be memorable at all. And it's all over. You're all over the place. I love that you said that. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, again, this is actionable, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're struggling with how to be memorable on a show or you're out there doing all the right things, but it's actually not getting you results, mm -hmm. chances are that you know, one of these messaging components is is broken or it's not, uh, I like to call it amplified rather than optimized. Mm -hmm. But you get the point, like there's little tweaks that deliver massive sh shift in results. And a lot of times people are frustrated or they're overwhelmed or um, they're feeling like they're doing all the right things, but the puzzle pieces aren't going together right for them. And A, Oftentimes we're trying to solve problems we've created because we're overcomplicating things <laughs> right. or we're, we're, this is not our superpower. It happens to be my superpower because I've done it so much. And it's one of my most passion. It's like my heart just fills up when I see somebody shift their message and they start getting booked. They start getting clients They're you know, their lead magnet starts to perform better, whatever that combination is for them. And you know, it's just because I'm doing what I do best. Mm -hmm. And we've got to teach people how to do what they do best so that that superpower, superpower is amplifying out there in the world and, and you're visible as the mm -hmm. expert that you are. Right. One thing I do love about, especially what you're mentioning, you talk about where you get your fulfillment from yeah. is, is serving and watching people grow and go, oh my God, I never thought I would be able to do this very similar to this. I'm, pl I'm always plugged in to my energy source if I'm serving, because yeah. that's, that's where I over deliver in certain areas when I'm really working with someone, but I'm not going to over deliver when you don't know me from a can of paint. There's no credibility there. And there's no trust. Trust mm -hmm. is a foundation of any relationship. I agree. So you got to build that trust, but how to develop the foundation for that trust you need to lay down a framework and give them something to do. Like, think about, think about this overall. Here's something yeah. to, here's another area of opportunity. Melanie, what's your point of view on this? Pretty simple question. But did I, did I ask you for your expert opinion? A lot of people aren't doing this. And that's where I see a, that's one of the biggest issues I see when sales that jumps out to me the most when they go, Oh, Chris, you're a sales guy. No, I'm an entrepreneur. I just have, I made my bones an entrepreneur um, in sales. Yeah. That's where I come from, but I didn't really do sales because it was education. So like, what is your message? So that's one of my first questions when I ask people and I very, I had that first point of contact. What's your message? I know you want to yeah. come on, on my show, but what are you trying to deliver? Yes, totally. What do you, what's what do you the difference you're going to make? Yeah. You know, how, how are you going to add value to the conversation that's going? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Can we go back to this thing about trust for a second? Please. And again, um, you know, keep in mind that for most, most of the time you're guesting in some way, you don't get to have like a visual connection, right? Like I love that your show has the video component to it, uh, but we don't always have that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways I think we build trust is going back to the rocks method is that sense of I am helping paint a golden thread between the problem my client or that listener is struggling with and how I'm uniquely qualified to help them solve it or uniquely qualified to help them get there because of the credibility you layer in, in a non-hypey way, by the way, yeah. so that you're sharing through case studies or maybe your own life experience. And this comes with practice, it comes with confidence, you know, you have to have the confidence to say, you know, to share what you've accomplished without it making you feel weird. Like a lot of people yeah. are like, 
oh, I, I, I feel weird talking about that, that thing that I've done over there because I don't want to seem all hypey. Dude, if they don't know you, they don't know this about you. This is the one thing that gets them to go, oh, they know what they're talking about. Because, you know, for me, it's like I've been on the executive board of Women's Speakers Association for 10 years. I've I've, you know, worked with some of the greatest thought leaders in our online industry and helped them get out of that $250,000 a year cap to breaking seven figures. So what is your story? Exactly. And could we just talk about mindset for a minute, Chris, because 100%. you know, I, I love your, this. your show is so much about edge, right? Like what gives us our competitive edge? And I want to share something that I think is really up for a lot of people right now. And that is uh, I think at least half of our community is struggling with their mindset. They are tapped into the doubts. They're comparing themselves to others. They're um, they're like looking out there and going, wow, there's so many people that do what I do. Like, who's going to listen to me? And this is not doing anyone a service. I have had those moments too. I've been in business 21 years this year, 21 years. I guarantee you there have been years uh, there's days, there's been months, and certainly years where I wanted to stop. I wanted to give up. But the one thing I give every single person who's listening in today a challenge to do is on those days where everything's really hard, you're comparing yourself to everyone else, you're wondering if you're enough and you've got what matters, you have to plug into what is the thing that I am uniquely designed to do? Okay. What's my superpower? And who is it that's out there that needs what I do in my unique way? There are always people who are desperately seeking for you, your message, your heart, your passion, and they need exactly what you do. And that's what we have to focus on. And honestly, Chris, those are the that's the mindset reboot I've oftentimes had to give myself to get, get past important. those rough it's parts, important. you know? It's it's the process you have to go through every single day. Just like if you if you maybe have went through a traumatic experience, you yeah. before you can get to a place where you're at peace with your past or whatever the situation might have been for someone, you've got to start the healing process. And the key word there is start. Mm -hmm. So it's what does that mean? <laughs> and that start and that starts with here, yeah. First, because you can't control the things entering your brain and what you think about. You can control how you feel about what you're thinking about, and that's done by you really digging in and and that's cultivation of silence, cultivation of self discovery, and learning how to direct those into a positive outlet that anything is possible. But that's the abundant shift, and I want to talk about that just for a second with you. 21 years of experience as an entrepreneur, that's something that people need to pop some champagne and hit some fireworks. Yeah. Most people don't make it to one year, Melanie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally, so I, totally I love that you said 21 years because 21 is more than 20 and you could have failed <laughs> at 21. You see what I'm saying? So that's important for people to understand. But yeah. when you're making that shift in the abundance type of lifestyle and looking at it, there's enough every breathe. There's enough money. There's enough success for everyone. So that way you can stop comparing yourself to everyone else's journey. And you talk about that yeah, meanness and you-ness. Can you talk about that? How important it is as an entrepreneur to make that shift in an abundant type of lifestyle? Oh, there's so many things I want to talk about. We could do a whole episode just on this, but I, I think the bottom line is this is like, I, one of my sayings is um, you can focus on why it won't work. 
or you can focus on why it will. You can go and collect evidence for all the things that could go wrong, or you could focus on the one reason it could go right. Mm. And that has been my biggest growth. Uh, I had to do a lot of inner program, inner work, inner reprogramming. I had to program my mind to succeed rather than fail. I spent mm. the first two years of my business struggling my butt off. Like I had no idea how we to make have. money. We all did. We all <laughs> yeah. did. I'm like, wait, what's, and I didn't have a great message. Nobody could figure out what I did. I didn't know what I did. And so, you know, everything I teach is from my own journey. And then, mm. you know, as I've seen my own clients succeed with those steps. That's what makes it special and unique. You. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But, you know, I think the key is in, in our thinking is we have to decide, are you all in or are you just merely interested <laughs> Knowing in the succeeding? Right. You know, and this is why people start podcasts that fail. They're interested in having a podcast. They're passionate about a subject and they think, oh, I'll start a podcast about it. There's no strategic plan. There's no clear, you know, connection between the greater uh, payoff, whether that's adding value in the world, making a difference, you know, whatever that is for each person. For me, it's it's creating a profit, uh, you know, eventually like attracting clients with it. But we have to have clarity about I'm all in and I'm going to weather every storm. The storm's not going to blow me out of the water and sink my ship. It might take longer, but I'm all in and I'm committed. And I think that's what's missing for a lot of people. Certainly people that come to me. And this is, I was thinking as we were talking earlier about a client of mine who I've worked with on and off for about eight years now. And, and we're talking about healing. Like this is somebody who had a lot of trauma in her background. And she had made really great money from her skill, but she was not plugged into her superpower. Yeah. And so I had to do, I do a lot of mindset work as well as, as strategy and design of, of packages because sometimes we're just stuck. And I had to help her recognize where she needed to do some physical healing. Like her body was reacting to a lot of, uh, food allergies and, you know, she was exhausted and had some stuff she had to clean up there. We had to do some mindset rewiring. We had to plug her into, are you all in on this or are you just interested? And we had to plug her into like, what's the great payoff in, in moving this great body of work she had developed out into the world in a bigger way. And then we had to unravel all the toxins and energy drains that were holding her back. And we talk about healing. If you're going to have great work in the world, you're going to do big things. You're going to take big, bold leaps. You got to make sure you're amplified. You got to make sure you're supercharged. And that means you got to do the work from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything's internal. Everything you ever, that's what people have a hard time understanding. You have everything inside of you right now, what you need to manifest the life of your dreams, everything internal, like your internal dialogue is the most important thing when it comes to business, sales, mindset. I don't care if you're trying to set up a lemonade stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to be the best person to sell the lemonade. And why should they come and experience lemonade at your stand? You're not telling right. a story. Why is your lemonade magical? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't put sugar in it. It's really, it's really tart. <laughs> then I sell you this. <laughs> it's a high ticket program. Right. No. Some pink grapefruit in with the yellow grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. It's got a little extra zing. <laughs> like I went to this lemonade stand. I had a phenomenal time. I don't even know what happened, but it, the drinks suck. <laughs> sometimes that might happen but well and that's a great point sometimes it's the customer service not the quality of the drink itself it's the experience that mm-hmm. that joy they get in going to buy the lemonade and the conversation they have with you versus the actual delivery of what mm-hmm. happens not that we want to have bad lemonade but you get the point i know i get i think that 
as we're having a conversation right now and recording this for the many listeners, even with your network and are tuning into this, the world's evolving. It's changing. Systems are changing. I mean, Clubhouse came out of nowhere and you're now starting to see people coming from podcasting, doing a lot more Q and A's and a little bit more of those kind of type of conversations where it's a lot more engagement and their downloads are starting to go through the roof on their own show because maybe they're interviewing guests and their guests are really wanting to hear from them because they showed up for them, but they stay for the guest. They're like, well, I wish they would talk a little bit more and give him well, give him an opportunity to speak on his own and talking in front of microphone. That's some of the things that I'm very passionate about is like, that's why I go on a lot of other shows. That's my way of being able to express myself and also network. People say network is networking. Isn't I'm going to pass you a bunch of business cards and Hey, here's a couple free links, Melanie on get this out to your audience. If you don't mind. No, I, it's not done by that way. It's done through connection. Love and connection is what we're all after. Those are the two biggest things that we need on a daily basis. And we don't have those things on a daily basis. We start to suppress. We start to move away from certain things. We start shame, guilt, and you start pointing fingers on why you're not successful. Well, Melanie's been doing this for eight years. That's a limiting belief. I've met podcasters that had 10 episodes and got an amazing amount of growth because they don't care what their listeners, they don't care about the results. They're trying yeah. to deliver that message. How yeah. important is that to just to, really shine a light on your message and get really good about communicating that over properly. Well, you know, here's my belief about a magnetic message, whether you're the podcaster or the guest, you're just looking for ways to stand out. Maybe it's on clubhouse. It's funny mm -hmm. you brought that up. Cause I was actually like, do I bring up clubhouse? Do I not bring up bright, shiny object, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. But, it is. Yeah. But you can have to utilize that as a tool. So it's a, that is a powerful tool and yeah. just like podcasting and all the other stuff. It's a tool. Yes. But people aren't viewing it as a tool. They think, oh my God, it's a new thing. It's something else I yeah. got to freaking do. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I believe that the message is queen and consistency is king. Ooh. And together they rule the world. So if you can create a message that has impact, that creates that no like and trust factor because you're speaking to the people who need and want and resonate with what you're about and you consistently deliver it across all the platforms whatever platforms you're on then what happens is the result occurs if you lead with result i gotta get results you will always be disappointed you will mm -hmm. always feel like you don't have enough 100 and and so yeah there are people that their value system is structured for winning and so oftentimes they're going to measure success based on results I don't want you to just be in the message and never get results, but you do. I believe if you lead with the message, you lead with adding value and you do that consistently, the results will happen if you've built the right message. Mm -hmm. and I love that you said it built the right message, but sometimes they say, Oh, I, I'm not getting a result just yet. I'm just on just kind of like flexing. And you're talking about that, that bridging that golden gap, right? That bridge pretty much when you're, golden thread. Yeah. yeah, when you're looking at the, and in that type of way, in that perspective, you are getting a result. If people are tuning in and they're listening to you, that's a result. Go back and listen to your message when you were a guest on that show with Melanie and break down how you went about answering her question. I'm telling you, my success, I probably wouldn't even be here right now. Now, if I didn't 12 years ago when I started doing sales, if I didn't go all the way back to that time and start recording my voice, 
when I started recording myself, I don't listen for me. I don't even like my voice. I'm listening for what they're not telling me. Mm-hmm. And when I when I started framing it differently and sort of delivering a message, my tonality, being conscious of that, it's the same thing with podcasting. I feel like I'm built for this because I've done this for my whole career. And that's something I love about the way that you drive activity and so many different actionable steps from your show. There's not a lot of people out there doing that. Yeah, it's, it's too scattered. You're welcome. It's too scattered. They're all over the place. They don't know where to send them, but yeah. they're they're looking for a result though. But your result and, by what you're saying, love it. And I should probably say, like, this is an evolution. This is not about perfection okay. out of the gate. And I learned a lot along the way, and we course corrected. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the early episodes, and please don't. They're kind of like scary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Audio quality wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. I had a mic that someone recommended, and I later learned it was not a great mic. So you know, that's, that's like a big, that's a big motivator. Th- that's a big motivator as well, though. Think about that overall, as in maybe one of your consumers and just tuning in, and they're going to see the growth of yeah. Melanie. Yeah, that's what people are after. They want to grow, correct? Well, yeah. they want to see that you have grown. And you yep. have got better and a little bit more fine-tuned your approach. Well, please expand on that. I love this. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah. Well, you know, I think people, again, another trap, a mindset trap is I got to get it right. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to get it wrong. And this is not where you find your edge. Your edge is I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to get in. And I, and I'm, I, I have this, uh, I did an episode in the first year on the 80% plan because you got to get it. You got to get 80% of it figured out, take the leap, and you're going to fine tune the other 20% along the way anyway. Yeah. So why hold yourself into perfection and not do anything? And I, I, I had to say, like, and sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe we put that out there. But I'd rather be an action, <laughs> imperfect action than no action at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what allows you to get real time feedback about what's going to work and what's not going to work. Anybody who's been in business long enough, like I have and you have, you know, you're going to fail 10 times for every one success. Yes. There's going to be 10 things that don't work. And the one thing that just takes off and use it as information to evolve and grow. I'm constantly Mm -hmm. evolving. The brand I have today is not the brand I started Mm -hmm. with. I've had several very expensive rebrands along the way. Three years ago, you did a big one. I did a huge one three years ago, yeah. Yeah, When you're making that shift, a lot of people that are not confident enough to be able to look at what's their results right now and say, okay, here's the area of opportunity for me to make a little proper shift and doing a whole rebranding, but then, but if you're, you can't just put lipstick on a pig, <laughs> well, yet that comes from internal, like, okay, that comes from you. Like, all right, how do I reinvent myself? Every yeah. single second that goes by, it's an opportunity for you to reinvent yourself. And not but, only are we growing as individuals, but the market's changing. Yep. And ding, ding, a big ding. reason I pivoted was the market had changed so dramatically from my first 10 years of big success. And I was like, that's just not working anymore. And that's, that's, you know, there's so much noise in that particular topic. Like I, you know, and I grew and I became, you know, a better version of what I teach. I learned new things. And so we have to balance both of those and allow ourselves to continue to evolve our message without, and here's the the little trick is chasing bright, shiny ideas. (laughs) It's not about leaping to something new because what you're trying isn't working. It's about recognizing where am I supposed to be? What are my real superpowers? How does that match the market? 
that needs and wants what I have and optimizing everything you do from your message to your marketing, to your packaging, mm -hmm. to your business model. And then if you're like, this is not me, this is not working, or I feel like there's like, I've grown and I need to kind of shift. That's when we make the change. Right. And you have to be conscious of what effort and energy you are putting into something. I see a lot of times they'll go, like Chris, I I really want to become an entrepreneur. I really want to get to that seven to eight figure, that nine figure type of numbers. I'll say, okay, so what's your value? Okay, well, what do you mean value? Okay, well, I'll start asking questions. Well, now I'm starting to really identify areas of opportunity, what, what they're lacking. So if you want to earn this type of, you need to turn yourself into the type of person that is already in their mind, that person. That's a different version of yourself. And this, I think that comes for a lot of emotional intelligence on measuring and reassessing and knowing, and I guess you would say anticipating like the marketplace and the, the, the shifts that are changing. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's happening. There's not enough expertise. There's no, there's no experience there. They don't know what they need to change. I think that this is the decade for women entrepreneurs, in my opinion, because of the marketplace and all the messaging is changing where people are wanting not just information, they really want to feel more engagement and then using your emotional intelligence, you'll be able to extract that information. But if you're not conscious of that, then you're going to fail today. Because hmm. yeah, anybody can go online right now and buy something and a, you know, a landing page. Why? Why should you buy it? Get on the phone and ask them. This is not working. Ask your, ask your clients. Why is it not working? Where's the disconnect? Do you think Mr. Ross, where's the disconnect? <laughs> they're like, well, I don't know. This is, I don't feel that this doesn't have a lot of value in today's marketplace. Let them tell you that and then make the proper adjustments. Do you feel that this decade would be more of the decade for women entrepreneurs? I'm not insinuating that women aren't already killing it. You're not going to cover off the ball, but I'm talking about just on that emotional intelligence, one-sided understanding. Well, there's so, I mean, that's a whole huge thing to unpack. Right. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. And I know that we have to be conscious of the time because there's, so, we, yeah, I think that I probably can have conversations with you for like five hours on different <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. You know? I feel like a series coming up. Yeah, out, we but, should. That'd be great. Yeah, totally. Right. But so just in terms of the female entrepreneur, uh, you know, emerging, uh, mm -hmm. I think with what's happened in our world with online businesses mm -hmm. and the online, you know, like we, so many of us had to pivot online this year. And I think what it's done is it's made entrepreneurship available to people who before didn't recognize it could be done for them. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the female, um, kind of talent area, the, the emergence of badass, powerful women in business has been on a rise for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know when I started, it was still very male dominated. And it was a little intimidating at times to kind of find my <laughs> to find my power mm -hmm. in the midst of so many big male energies that taught similar things. But what I've I've saw flip particularly about nine ten years ago, and now mm -hmm. I think it's just going to continue to rise. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is just uh, uh, when a woman can see another woman who's powerful, authentic, and relatable, it gives her that inspiration. Like I can do that too. So the more of us women who are out there willing to stand in our power, maybe have some big faux pas, which I've certainly had, have mm -hmm. some huge failures and keep showing up and keep doing it and keep delivering value to our communities, it gives more women permission. And I, I am super passionate about helping more women see that possibility. I, I've set myself a goal to help 100,000 women in the next five years step into their power and amplify their message in the world. 
when you put them on a, you put, you obviously spotlight them and make it okay and create that environment. It all goes back to mm-hmm. that. Like yeah. make it okay, make it okay for them. But you have to give yourself permission to be successful. That's the, another part. It's like, That's give yourself permission. <laughs> Let's give yourself permission. Like, yeah, don't you perfect. believe that you deserve the life of your dreams? Business of your dreams. Remove the conflict. And a lot of yeah. women have some deep conflict. Ding. I need a button. That, yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 button. I know that you, I know that we've unpacked a lot, even just yeah. from our conversation today. And I've learned more about you. And I'm, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued in another area of opportunity of me coming on your show and, and really de- diving into a lot of ways on delivering content that people need to hear, not with just because they want to hear it. And that's what I've kind of learned from this. But I know that there's an actionable step. There's some things that you're going to give away for a little, little, I wouldn't say shiny object. There's a lot of value there. And I'll let you talk about that now. Well, we've talked a lot about messaging today. And depending on how you are going to get your message out there in the world, you want to make sure that you are doing it in a way that's not disconnecting that momentum that you're building with the lead. And I've studied what actually works, what gets people from a podcast interview or a podcast or a webinar or whatever you're doing into action. And I realized there are 17 common mistakes people make. So I studied what does work. I study what doesn't work. I put together this free guide and you can get it at melaniebenson.com forward slash win, win effect, just based on the show. You remember that. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is when you go through it is like, here's the things that people do that basically lose you the lead. It disconnects that, that energy that the client is looking for to choose you and what to do instead. The one way for them to, Make sure that you know, obviously they click the link and it goes right to your funnels. And I'm, I'm assuming, and they get a little yeah. bit more feedback from that, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. And and it leads you to if you're looking for more resources, it's a great place mm-hmm. to start to get to know other uh, solutions we offer. Uh, it'll lead you to join me in my Facebook group if you want to come mm-hmm. in and keep the dialogue going there. So, yeah, definitely. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, guys, with this, you know, just you just go to our website. There's so much value there. It's just ridiculous. I went on your website. I think it was last week or maybe it was a week before when we had our initial conversation. I was like, holy crap, there's so much there. Like, I don't yeah. even I don't even know where to start. We're going to have like 10 episodes. But, <laughs> but I know that I can talk to you for hours and I'm going to be conscious of time because I got a hard stop as well. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the information you did with the guest. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to keep this conversation going. I'm looking forward to connecting with you as you're listening. Yes. All right. Good stuff. Thank you so much again. Guys, y'all take care. Be well, be you. Just be great. Just go win. Peace out, guys.